Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to this new edition of Mind Podcast. This is Adit Kapadia and together with me is my other musketeer, Pramod Kumar Burawalli. How are you, Pramod? Musketeer has gone down uh, because of the passing away of Manohar Parikkar, ah, the yeah. real musketeer. Yes, indeed. indeed. I was at Katanjali Sabha a um, couple of days ago huh. and uh, many of the hidden aspects that great personality came out and i uh, you know i am feeling really somber after coming out of that meeting no you know pramod i have to tell you this though i i was i feeling very somber i felt very somber the day he passed away uh, and succumbed yeah. to his um, disease but i'll tell you one thing the reason why i spoke about parikar with uh late defense minister and ex chief minister of goa marohar parikar with a little bit of josh is because that's what is sim- exemplified the man fought till the very last minute he right. never gave up and uh, you know his simplicity and his uh, way of uh, uh, approaching things hmm. uh, oh, you know even uh, from the time he joined uh, politics you know on deputation from sangha to the bjp mm-hmm. was that uh, you know as a karma yogi mm-hmm. uh, till the last breath he was there trying to put his uh, uh, capabilities his uh, character and his general uh, aura his his magni- magnifying aura into mm-hmm. play whenever uh, you know it was required by his party and his uh, mentorship so and, that and, and such a simple man you know there is there yeah. are so many stories i've heard of a story where he was on a scooter and he got into an accident like some guy with a car yeah. hit him and he was he was saying ki main bhai iska ladka hu ye wo and manohar parikar said calmly i'm the chief minister of goa right i mean yeah. he came became an mla first in 1994 and i i say this with full responsibility BJP's single the the single person who was responsible for making BJP from I think it was four MLAs to forming the government in Goa not once but twice but thrice. Yeah, and and uh, you know Goa has its own uh, history in terms of. Uh, post uh, portuguese uh, mm-hmm. uh, exit in the 1960s to mm-hmm. uh, today where it was uh, essentially uh, a, a a a state where really a lot of corruption had set in with uh, in terms of real estate mafia this this whole hotelier mafia mm-hmm. and to come in with that kind of background he did have um, personal experience running his own business but mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to running a state you know you need to uh, you know have that kind of political background he does he does come uh, completely out of uh, uh, left field in the goan politics and he changed it for uh, i mean that is why i think the prime minister uh, alluded to manohar parikar as the maker of modern goa mm. which uh, basically is a very sort of a subtle way of saying that the modern goa of today uh, is uh, entirely different from the goa that uh, the portuguese uh, colonists and their sepoys Uh, had tried to uh, mold in a mm. in a very sort of corrupt fashion. In fact, I used to go to Goa in the nineties very mm. frequently. I studied engineering very close to Goa as well. And um, uh, recently, I went to Goa for a conclave also about a couple of years ago. Mm. The institutionalization of certain things that Manohar Parikar did is uh, far 
far reaching and uh, his political career uh, it, it itself is a is an example of how uh, you know probity and how essentially that kind of uh, uh, general practitioner of uh, simplicity can bring uh, to the you know electoral and, cycle and and, le- and let's not forget uh, you know we talk about him about chief he had a extremely strong legacy as the defense minister of india where yeah. he only served for a little bit more than 2 years i think from 2014 end of 2014 to 2017 early 2017 and um, in his two and a half years he had so much impact as the defense minister of india did um, did some fantastic works he cleaned up a lot of mess signed contracts realized the need that the um, uh, defense force needed a lot of arms ammunitions and uh, there is his predecessor mr ak anthony well i mean his predecessor arun jetli but before arun jetli was ak anthony who had not done much as the defense minister of india so to realize the issues and work on them so he had a outstanding legacy as the defense minister absolutely it was in a state of complete disarray by the time arun jetli and uh, then uh, later as a full time defense minister manohar parikar took over just to give you a sample the kind of paralysis that had come into decision making at the defense ministry mm-hmm. uh, when ak anthony was in uh, in the chair mm-hmm. was the lack of procurement uh, process and the transparency because naturally the congress is well known to deal with uh, you know companies especially in europe through an arms dealer or a broker or an agent mm. and it anthony for to a, a lot large extent was unable to take that pressure he did not know what to procure mm. the air force was woefully short on the uh, you know number of squadrons and they had uh, issued an uh, an rfp called mmrca mm. and can you believe that when uh, both arun jetli and subsequently uh, immediately thereafter manohar parrikar took over we basically had 10 days of ammunition left had a war been raised by india mm. uh, against india in uh, that uh, during that time mm. so to bypass that bureaucracy both him and then obviously the sagacity of uh, narendra modi resulted in purchasing that 36 rafale jets outright from a gov- uh, government to government basis mm. bypassing that whole process that was only set up to benefit a few it was mm. never supposed to benefit india mm. and uh, thereafter the kind of uh, 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 you know things that they came through you know including pla- the defense planning committee the military logistic sharing agreement with uh, the united states and most importantly the two surgical strikes not the one that was carried the, this uh, uh, year in 2019 but the two previous ones one in uh, myanmar mm. uh, and then one uh, of course against pakistan the the army special forces surgical strike mm. a testimony to the fact that the ma- the man basically believed in understanding what the immediate uh, loopholes were he was definitely a visionary and we have lost out on a a, a long term potential for india because he had identified the big uh, loopholes that existed and immediately tried to fill it in with uh, procurement that could happen only with uh, absolutely absolutely huge hole and our our condolences to his family uh, and uh, what a man and the sadness is adit uh, that uh, bjp has lost four big leaders mm. the, the leaders we grew up on in the in the late uh, you know in let's say in the past 20 years mm. you know 
अपार्ट फ्रॉम अटल बिहारी वाजपेयी दे लॉस्ट प्रमोद महाजन दे लॉस्ट गोपीनाथ मुंडे अनंत कुमार एंड नाउ मनोहर पारेकर फोर सॉलिड लीडर्स हू कैन टेक ऑन एंड यू कुड हैव बेट ऑन यू नो वाजपेयी जी हैड रिटायर्ड बट प्रमोद महाजन गोपीनाथ मुंडे अनंत कुमार एंड मनोहर पारेकर एट अ वेरी यंग एज all four of them had okay. very uh, long term potential into into their 80s had they stayed around and uh, it's a very big loss for bjp i hope they understand and appreciate the need to bring in younger leaders uh, in their early 40s in their okay. you 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 have given me a perfect segue point because yeah. now from here we are going to talk about bjp's first list of candidates yeah uh, i know and and also to mention pramod savant my name say <laughs> oh <laughs> yes indeed speaker and disciple of uh, manohar parekar ji's uh, mm. advent in, as the chief minister was accepted by the two supporting parties the goa forward party and the uh, maharashtra gomantak party right. the mpp as a, a good candidate to take goa forward uh, hopefully both, uh, both vijay sardesai and the dhavlikal brothers have uh, uh, supported they have come around right. they have come around and uh, i think we were talking earlier in the evening about how exciting the list of candidates look mm. Uh, because they seem to have done a very no but before we go that i want to make yeah. a short announcement okay so my yeah. podcast is is going to of course cover the elections very carefully and rather than having a long just till the elections after that we'll go back to our usual format rather than having long 50 minute episodes or something we are going to have short episodes that cover the news in the next three. so they may not happen every week they may happen twice a week thrice a week depending on how the news cycle moves so good news for all our listeners or bad news if you don't like listening to us much but for all those who like listening to us will be coming to you more and more and that's why this week's podcast took a little longer so um, before that uh, pramod we get into that uh, just an announcement bjp announced their 184 candidates i believe uh, the first list um, i mean people were starting to worry because the deadline to file nominations was fast approaching and they were not announcing the candidate list but after holi they announced and it had some uh, very interesting names so first before we talk about the names the biggest omission was of course mr lk advani not getting the gandhinagar seat which was widely expected i personally tweeted about it 3 uh, 3 4 days ago that uh, lk advani i dare i say even mr rawal's name from the ahmedabad east seat looks doubtful but i'll get to parish rawal later lk advani i mean he is is in his 90s um, you know he's getting older and i think it was time he has a stupendous legacy has represented gandhinagar for more than 20 years now people from gandhinagar also have a little bit of grievances that they want a more accessible local face so amit shah who was an mla of sarkhej that comes under gandhinagar lok sabha and is the bjp national president i think is a great choice for gandhinagar I think presently Amit Shah, uh, being a Rajya Sabha MP, uh, it it is actually uh, uh, very difficult. Uh, also, being the national president to uh, campaign specifically for a seat, and and uh, this has been BJP's oft-repeated mantra that if you really uh, have to have a say at the national level, then you should have been elected and an electable mm-hmm. sort of leader. That's what uh, Modi's pet peeve was against uh, Manmohan Singh. Mm-hmm. So that. a very wise choice because it's a very safe seat gandhinagar jaipur there are uh, like 20 seats uh, that bjp has 
across India that are very safe. And uh, L K Advani ji has done his job. You know, mm. uh, for a man who has who flew, uh, who who had to fled uh, uh, Pakistan as a um, refugee and having taken BJP from the two seats it won in the 1984 elections to uh, the 180s in the 98 elections, uh, he has been the driving force and now his uh, able successor in uh, Narendra Modi. I hope BJP respectfully uh, gives him a good farewell. Keeps him involved, and it's always good that I, I and I don't like this new age social media sort of outburst that you know you have to retire. You know you should never tell your elder people that you have to take sannyas and retire. That is very demeaning. If it happens to you yourself after you grow up, you will never uh, you, you 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 will feel the pain that an elderly person goes through. But there is a way of putting it. There is a way of conveying uh, that uh, older people are still required from a blessing standpoint. I hope Narendra Modi and L K Advani have a personal chat about this, and it is a very amicable sort of uh, uh, parting of company. And if L K Advani still wants to be there, Rajya Sabha is still a a a way to basically accommodate. You know, and, uh, and, and, and let's not Narendra. forget, Pramod. Yeah. I think L K Advani ji is one of the most. Probably one of the most well-read politicians, and his columns, essays on Indian history, and his knowledge is incredible. So he has so much to offer, I think. And um, so I just hope um, BJP makes full use of that. I think you know he should he would write on his blog. I mean, have him like make lectures, write more. I mean, he has a lot to offer. A lot to offer. He does, and so does so does everybody. You know, this is another. Big concern and uh, things that have not been done properly by the BJP in the beginning uh, from 2014 was mm. a sort of a, a good handshake to all those uh, leaders, uh, you know, who were asked to be part of the Mark Darshak Mandal. You know, mm. if there was any formal role for that Mark Darshak Mandal, it should have been defined properly. But again, then now all their leaders have now reconciled that uh, Modi, Yogi, and the other New Age uh, leaders. Uh, they have much more energy much more efficiency to offer so it has to be a mutually sort of a very respectful parting of company you know Absolutely. so the li- list is very exciting i know i know you you brought up the 184 people list uh-huh. so le- of, le- let's go yeah. let's go straight message so of course the obvious was premise narendra modi is recontesting against from varanasi you know yeah. a lot of again i have to add another thing People forget how much the prime minister's office has done for Varanasi and the prime minister himself. How much attention he has paid. The guards. Yeah. I have not been there, but from people who have been there, they look spectacular. There has been visible progress. Swachh Bharat has been a success there. Of course, there is more to be done. But as when he was the prime minister, he has not neglected his constituency. And and that is. A, a, a VIP constituency uh, since time immemorial. Mm. You know, you have people in the past, even during the times of Mahajanapadas, when people uh, were trying to make a beeline to either marry the daughter of the king of uh, Kasi. Mm. Uh, even during the time in the nineteen in the in the uh, 12th century, there were times when um, you know, like uh, the, the Delhi Sultanate under Balban. Had invaded and taken over Kasi, but as king from South India, Pratap Rudra went all the way from Varangal to liberate Kasi. So Kasi oh. is 
you know it's an absolute stunning constituency to continue to nurture and it's a great choice i don't know if you have seen the chilanyas of the reclaimed property some of these properties surrounding surrounding the kashi vishwana temple were procured i think i told you this a uh, few days ago that that is a very smart move that they have done to beautify the surroundings around the kashi vishwana temple by procuring properties there are some ancient temples that are getting discovered while they are trying to uh, you know of course uh, move some of these properties and uh, the the 3d virtual uh, tour that i saw hmm. is just uh, amazing plus it's also important in terms of uh, not just the tourism and pilgrimage potential but as an education hub varanasi had its own uh, prominence for since time immemorial absolutely so, absolutely so this, this holistic way of looking at varanasi another 5 years it will be one of the most sought out of cities western western india and southern india have always had real nice cities huh. and even during the time of uh, uh, shivraj singh chauhan some of the cities in madhya pradesh got uh, really well developed in those huh. bopa so, yeah now is the time for varanasi gorakhpur aditya and know? and for as a tourism hub also to develop because it yeah. is one of the cradles of the indic civilization correct. so to speak correct so correct so so and let's move on to the other uh, states yeah so in the amongst the other big names on the list um, i mean you know punam mahajan got repeated uh, anant kumar hegde shobha karanla ji pratap simha they were all repeated from karnataka um, jitendra singh got from udhampur kiran rijuju was there uh, nitin gadkari from nagpur um, and uh, you had jay jay panda getting his kendrapada seat now as a bjp uh, hema malini has been given mathura again um and and so 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 usual um, sort of faces um rajnath singh uh, getting lucknow again but and of course the big one smriti irani getting amethi yeah those are predictable and those are understandable no but i think this I, time what's different is promote that smriti irani i mean last time she like in 3 weeks of campaigning she got so many votes this time she has a real chance to knock rahul gandhi off yeah uh, last time uh, the difference was she was just thrust into it and she took it as, as a challenge hmm. but uh, the past 5 years she has actually worked hard and nurtured the constituency right. every time i see some or the other video of her going and and trying to gauge the pulse of the people i've never seen uh, anybody after having been defeated from the constituency go back uh, so diligently so she deserves that uh, seat hmm. uh, but what is surprising to me is the uh, the uh, bangalore south seat of uh, anant kumar and his wife mm. has already started campaigning and i was very uh, kind of bamboozled to really see that uh, bangalore south has not been declared that's a safe seat for bjp right uh, she can uh, she can get a walk through um, mm. you know whenever mm. she her name is announced then patan titta the the, the patan mitta seat uh, which is essentially where shabarimala lies that mm. is uh, another seat where bjp has a high chance actually only two seats i can safely say any time or maybe three seats um in kerala are uh, easy to get for the bjp one is trivandrum Mm. uh then second is uh, kasargod 
and then the third one is Patan Mitra seat, which is where Sabarimala lies. Mm. So Kasargod, uh, I don't know who this ca- candidate is. His name is Ravish Tantri Kuntar. So he probably is a new candidate. Mm. Trivendram is Mr. Kumanam Rajshekaran, who was the governor of Mizoram. I think he's now back into the... He was the, one, <laughs> once the state BJP president for Kerala. He was, yeah. And then went to become the governor. And uh, after, uh, you know, Rajat and R.C. Rajago, I mean, uh, the re- retirement of uh, uh, Rajagopal, uh, uh, the uh, mm. possibility of the Trivedram seat getting won by Kumanam is very high. Mm. So there are some surprises, but by and large, these are very predictable and safe seats. Most of them can be won. Um, and uh, the list from Bengal is, is, is what excites me the most. Mm. <laughs> because you see strong candidates for one. Um, you know, of course, Babul Supriyo has is being repeated from Asamsol. Right. Uh, but you see Tapan Roy, you see Rahul Sinha, Lockett Chatterjee, the actress from Hooghly. Uh, right. uh, then, um, you know, some of these other uh, uh, seats that basically, um, you know, uh, are supposed to be safe seats for even um, uh, Trenambol. They're putting a very strong candidate. So mm-hmm. I don't know what you are. Uh, the the grand-nephew of uh, Subhash Chandra Bose. His name is also... Chandra Kumar Bose. Ah, from Kolkata, South Kolkata. Ah, Kolkata, that's a, Kolkata that's also a very good, yeah. yeah, that's also a very good seat. So, I don't know what you are, uh, you are hearing from the ground. So, as okay, I'll tell you this. Uh, yeah. A lot of people are saying between 5 and 10 seats. Some people have gone to say that BJP can actually go up to 15, 20 in West Bengal. I yeah. wouldn't be that optimistic because, of course, you know, the Mamata violence, poll violence and thing all going on. But the the chances of BJP breaching 25% and going closer to 30% is very high. Last time they got up to 17% and once you breach that threshold of 25%, then you start winning seats. But yeah. what is interesting in the left is almost gone in West Bengal now. Left is gone because the Trinamal Congress are basically sucking up that uh, left and left so left of center vote. Hmm. And that basically leaves out the only Hindu vote that was probably going to the left that has now turned towards the right. Mm. Uh, especially some of those older uh, communities, the Matua community. Mm. Um, Prime Minister Modi met uh, the Matuas, um, you know, preceptor or guru. She has now passed away, but, uh, you know, that. The only leader she had ever met uh, before Narendra Modi was Mamta Banerjee. Yeah. So there is that kind of uh, sort of inroads, deep inroads they are making. Uh, how that reflects from vote share into uh, number of seats, I am not sure. I, I am only getting about uh, 10 to 12 seats is what I am getting in terms of that is, uh, vote that, yeah, that, that, that would be ideal. But yeah, so that's the thing. And also Maharashtra, they declared Poonam Mahajan's name and uh, Gopal Shetty's name. Interestingly, Kirit Somaya's name is not de- yet declared. He was, of course, the um, uh, uh, another uh, candidate. I think it was his constituency was Mumbai Northeast or, or Mumbai Northwest one of those um so the other three will obviously go to sena um but the the problem is i think there is a little bit of jostling mumbai northeast kirit somaya is from mumbai northeast i think there's some jostling going on between mumbai northeast and mumbai south which one you should get so that's going to be an interesting thing of course kirit somaya is the gujarati face of bjp in mumbai 
and mumbai north east does have a sizable gujarati population so you can expect him to get that seat again but so does south mumbai but and there a lot of with the bjp sena tensions that happened a lot of the gujarati population in mumbai is not really particularly enamored with the sena mp so how that pans out remains to be seen and that's going to put in a very interesting conundrum yeah but how about the other surrounding seats around mumbai the thane is the so the thane other, sena uh, will win other. yeah thane sena will win uh, because that's a bastion i think they should also win kalyan um, uh, last time which is they won last time they, that used to be a bastion uh, anand paranjpe used to be there but then his son prakash paranjpe won it in 2009 on a sena ticket joined ncp and then sena still won it in 2014 and prakash paranjpe lost so i think uh, they should probably retain it in 2019 so i think mumbai greater mumbai area i think sena bjp should have a pretty much a sweep actually maharashtra is a real story here i think devendra fadnavis could be pulling one of the biggest margins or repeating the 2014 margin for bjp the combination of devendra fadnavis and prime minister narendra modi and if that happens i think in the assembly elections bjp will go it alone and get even a higher more seats than what they got in 2014 and at this point at this rate what i am looking at is where that shortfall from up up it's very difficult for them to repeat that 72 73 seats mm. so where that shortfall will be filled from is it from maharashtra uh, because i think they are pretty much going to repeat the same performance from bihar a little bit more maybe mm. some from orissa some from west bengal one or two from uh, uh, kerala maybe five from uh, tamil nadu uh, telangana the two seats uh, you know i was talking to you earlier sikindrabad they made a white choice uh, wise choice in kishan reddy he is likely to win that seat from sikindrabad which is hmm. uh, vacated by dattatreya bandaru dattatreya the union minister and also purandeshwari from vizag in andhra purandeshwari from vizag because the vizag railway zone was announced a month ago so there is a very good chance she wins she can win it hmm. and there is a new import from congress that came in dk aruna from mahbubnagar in telangana that has a very good chance of winning it for uh, bjp so apart from a few seats here and there uh, other than karnataka i don't see where that uh, massive shortfall if, if it if it is a massive shortfall uh, you know i don't know where so that uh, number of the, seats the, will come if from. say bjp loses about 20 seats in up i'm just okay giving a hypothetical number that seats will come from west bengal and odisha Okay. okay between bengal and odisha they won three seats last time i think it's very possible for bjp to go from 3 to 23 okay <clears throat> the real question is the one or two seats they lose in gujarat rajasthan madhya pradesh chalo gujarat to shayad they might win 260 but i think it's probably going to be 242 there are two seats sabarkatha and amreli which are going to be very difficult for bjp to win if they win it it will be quite incredible so uh, <clears throat> say they they go um uh, they they lose two three seats two three seats here how they are going to match it up but even though if they lose i think 30 or 40 seats or something i see nda crossing 272 quite easily so as of now without any campaigning i think my number for nda is around 220 to uh, sorry for bjp is around 220 to 230 i think so too uh, because uh they have about 185 to 200 uh, seats that they can win mm. on their own mm. bjp themselves mm. and if they stretch uh, their efforts in the next uh, one and a half uh, to two months they can pull through with uh, 220 now how wide and how important uh, 
their uh, management of their descent will be and seat allocation because uh, Chhattisgarh they are apparently dropping all the sitting MPs. Mm. Uh, then again, the, the descent that will come from the other seats in uh, Uttar Pradesh. Uh, obviously, the, the management that has to be done in these three crucial states which uh, now have uh, and, and government. Three, three big states, three big states. And I, the reason I say big is because these states had, BJP had a massive strike rate. They got 26 out of 26 in Gujarat, 25 out of 25 in Rajasthan, and 27 out of 29 in MP. And, and Rajasthan, Rajasthan, they have declared a few seats, but Madhya Pradesh and Gujarat, they are still missing. Correct. So Rajasthan, Rajasthan, I think uh, they have declared probably, uh, I would say, 13 to 14 seats, so about 10, 10, 10 are still remaining. Right. And so that that's 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 what they have to uh, uh, sorry 15 seats so 10 are still remaining so yeah right. that, how they manage that remains to be seen. Correct and and I am pretty sure they have a good game plan on uh, you know making sure that the right uh, set of uh, leaders are given the opportunity this time because there's still that Modi wave. I wouldn't have said this even about two months ago. <laughs> One thing yeah. I forgot, and I know we are getting close to wrapping up. Um, we shared a short podcast. It still turned out to be close to a normal time. Um, in Tamil Nadu, I think they have two two seats where they have a chance is Coimbatore and Kanyakumari. So Coimbatore, CP Radhakrishnan has won that multiple times. This time with an alliance with Anna DMK, PMK and DMDK, I think they have a chance because even uh, in 2014, CP Radhakrishnan came number two and Anna DMK won the seat. So together BJP and Anna DMK have some 60-70% vote share in Coimbatore. Look, all the five seats they have announced, their candidates are really good. Okay, Pan yeah. uh, Krishnan from Kanyakumari is a Tevar. There's a large Christian Tevar population also, but he somehow always uh, uh, scrapes through. So that that's a winnable seat. Yeah. Um, H Raja is a very good candidate for Sivaganga. He's uh, done a great job. Very nice person. So he deserves to win that if he does some extra uh, sort of uh, tie-ups with uh, local uh, segments out there. Um, then. Uh, you know, he has a chance. You are right about CPR, uh, uh, CP Radha Krishnan in uh, mm. Coimbatore. He has nurtured Coimbatore since the days in the 90s when, remember, yeah. the, those bomb blasts happened. Right. Even before that, he was considered a very good uh, Kongu leader uh, in that region. So, mm. Between CPR, H. Raja, Tamilisai. Tamilisai is the current BJP president and they have given her Tutukodi, mm. which is also a possibility if uh, the alliance comes through. And uh, Kenya Kumari, I don't know about this fourth, uh, I mean, sorry, the fifth candidate from uh, Ramantapuram, uh, Naina Nagendran. I have not heard about him. Mm. But these four are very good candidates. And if they, I think they have been allocated five seats uh, in this alliance or is it seven seats? I don't know. Five How seats, many? five seats. Five, five from this, okay. Well, uh, of the five, getting four would be a spectacular result. And all four actually can can. Yeah, I mean, through, for, for Coimbatore, let me give our listeners some perspective. Last time in 2014, ADMK won with 42,000 votes. And the ADMK had 36% of the vote and BJP had 33% of the vote. And DMK had 18%. So, and right now, BJP and D- ADMK are in alliance. That is together about 70% of the vote share. And yeah, and and he himself has nurtured that constituency. Like I said, hmm. CPR. Uh, you know, I I know him personally. Also, he is somebody who, uh, you know, goes around uh, as a you know as a uh, leader that uh, has 
friends across the aisle. Yeah, I think he'll, he'll win it by about like fifty thousand to a lakh votes. I think if if if, if he plays his cards right. So right, and he has done a lot of these uh, melas, Adit. You know, he's he's somebody who has uh, got the textile background in the coir industry, mm-hmm. and um, you know, he, you know, he was uh, uh, you know strangely he was arrested in uh, you know near Coimbatore near Uti. Metapalem, mm-hmm. um, also, and so he he has a, a lot of work uh, that he can, he has done at the local level. Fascinating. So I guess that wraps up the first list of the BJP. We'll analyze other parties and other lists as they come out, since this came out today, and then we'll also do a seat by seat analysis. But before we wrap up, promote any recommendations? No, I think I, I I will recommend that that people go through and see any videos of Manohar Parekar because he is an unsung yes. hero of, from the Sangh. Right. Uh, somebody who comes from an IIT background, his own personal life was in tatters when he lost his wife, his mother and father in quick succession with two young boys to take care of. Mm-hmm. And still he went on to take on his responsibility for Desh and Dharma and nurtured his two boys send them to college with his uh, limited resources so obviously he is uh, you know um, he is not uh, uh, somebody i can say that uh, uh, has shirked off any of his responsibilities that was given to him in fact even during the time goa uh, when he was the defense minister when one of the alliance parties insisted on him being the chief minister he came back to goa hmm. you know he was a highly successful defense minister hmm. he didn't have to come back to goa but, but you have to say goa is where his heart was <laughs> so and, and i would recommend this fascinating interview that nitin gokhale did with manohar parikar to watch it it's a very good interview and apart from that i would also recommend uh, uh, go and, um, uh, and this is a gujarati film that i watched for uh, you know very very few gujarati films uh, uh, come to us it's called chal jeevi laiye it has a, one of the best actors of gujarati cinema and um, it's a very it's a very inspiring story about how to live your life and stuff and it was i was very happy to see the legendary aruna irani on screen after so long in the film i I mean, you know, lately she hasn't done, and she still looks as gorgeous as ever. So, do watch that film. I mean, she's great gravitas and everything. So, and support regional cinema. I think it needs our support and everything. And keep following my makers. We'll be, you know, um, uh, covering the elections, left, right, and center, uh, with more voices coming up. Promo and I will be doing reports, podcasts, videos, everything. So, do keep writing to us and do keep listening to us. From Promo and I, it's goodbye. Thank you, guys. Thank you.